Hey, Luke. What's up, Fro? What did the paperclip say to the magnet? I, I don't know. I find you very attractive. <laughs> this week on Another Digital Citizen, we'll be talking about News of the Week, TV of the Week, Operation Paperclip, Manifest Episode 7 Review, Movies of the Week, and another digital review of Overlord. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and welcome to another Digital Citizen episode 161. Hello, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. This has been a kind of weird week. This is... I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I... Oh, this week I really wanted to stop podcasting. And uh, do you know what? I, I, I came to the conclusion, like, one of the reasons why I didn't want to stop podcasting was because it's so much fun on Wednesdays. It's like, I, I, I can't wait to, like, uh, uh, talk to you, uh, get to talk about news... Like there, it, it is a lot. It's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it, it is. It is fun. It is fun. But I was so, I was like, oh, whew, I was feeling that way too this week. I don't know if I was like, I was just kind of like, I don't feel like doing any of the work it takes to to do it <laughs> this week. Like yeah. I, I still don't feel a hundred percent prepared for today's show, to be honest with you. But me neither. I don't know, maybe it was just this week then, because I think we both felt that way. I don't know. I, I, there wasn't any point where I was like, oh, I need to call up Fro and tell him we got we can't do the podcast. I didn't ever feel that way, but it was more like, no. I don't want to do all the work it takes to get ready for the show this week. It was yeah. like, there was one point I do remember thinking, can we just wing the news? I don't really want to look up any <laughs> news this week. I just want to we'll just wing it. Uh, I, think, I think you knew I was feeling the same way because... I send. I usually send you old news I find on Monday because I let you uh, send it out on Tuesday and and yesterday I was like, oh, okay, I have to look through the news. I didn't really I watch the news all week. Like I barely <laughs> saw what was on the news all week, and then I don't know. Oh. Right at the last minute, I was like, okay, I'll check out what's been going on a little bit here and there. So I don't know if we missed anything in the news. Uh, it's because. I really didn't pay too much attention, but we found some interesting stories, I guess. Yeah. Stan Lee is dead. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, 
What do you think or feel about that? I mean, he was old, right? So yeah, yeah. He's one of my my big heroes. He, yeah, you never been a big comic book guy. No, I, guess. I think Stan Lee would probably be on the lower end of my. If if it was if I was to judge like graphic novels and things like that, he'd probably be on the lower end of interesting comic book artists. But he is uh, right. le- legendary. I guess is a good word for it. I mean, uh, I think one of the most interesting things, and this is kind of, it's not a backlash against Marvel, but one of the reasons why I like watching Marvel movies is like, oh, there's the Stanley cameo. (laughs) It's like every time there's the Stanley cameo, he was in every Batman movie. No, a Spider-Man movie as well. I think it was in every one of his, every one of those movies. It's like, yeah. they're all little tiny parts. So sometimes you won't even notice him or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. It's a little like Alfred Hitchcock. Sure. Right. Or the guest book. Every, um, yes. Or the guest book. Yes. The guy, the homeless guy in the guest book is actually the director of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You shouldn't have told people that. <laughs> it, oh, well, it's a funny little. If, if nobody's gonna know that if they don't watch like the extra <laughs> clips and stuff like that, but right. I knew that, but I, I'm especially interested. But they could uh, add him uh, in Stanley into the the next bunch of Marvel movies using CGI, like they did, you know, Leia and Star Wars. They could totally do that. Right. Uh, they they actually said that they filmed. All of that uh, before he got sick, because I think he was, I think he was uh, uh, pretty ill at the last time. Uh, uh, at the last, time. at the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah I didn't know. Um, I, I, I don't want to say a hundred percent he had cancer, but I, I, I think I heard some rumors about that at least. Oh. Uh, but yeah, in other news that we are a little surprised that we don't cover, no Brexit news this week. Well, yeah, the, at least next or last week, not next week, last week we had seen, it, uh, it was say, said that Theresa May was going to come out on Monday and make a decision on Brexit. Brexit. It was said that right. definitely going to happen. That definitely did yeah. not happen, is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we were waiting for Brexit news, and I, 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 I even looked at the news just before the podcast, and I was, I was so sure that we were going to have breaking news, Brexit deal is in, on the ground. Because yesterday, all the parliament members that was in her cabinet, according to were there to look at the deal that she found. But now there's a uh, like, huge meeting for uh, people that are uh, pro-Brexit that want to get rid of Theresa May. And they are having a meeting today. Oh, okay. So, Sad. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder when this is all going to happen then. Interesting. Yeah. Uh... It seems like her political life is in the balance, to say it my way. I feel like they've said that since she got in there. Like, it's, she, it's, she, uh, and I'm not, I feel like she's going to go all the way through and the whole time she's in office, they're going to say, oh, it, she's about to get out of office the whole time and then it's going to get all the way to the end. You know what I mean? That's how it feels like at this right. point with Theresa May. 
she hasn't really done anything good and still is in there. You know what I mean? So what are you going to do, really? Right. Yeah, no, uh, but it's, it's, I think, I think I will be amazed if we don't have any uh, Theresa May or Brexit news next week. I will be super, super surprised. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm imagining it will. Did you listen to, I listened to some Joe Rogan this week. Did you listen to this guy that was on there this week? He was like a Republican commentator or something like that yes. talking about Julian Assange. Yes, yes I did. And how yeah. incredibly wrong everything he said was. Yep. <laughs> he was talking about Julian Assange talking about how uh like he's covering all these things about Julian Assange that we've covered on the show, but uh we covered them 6 months ago and they've all been changed now, but he was acting like it was something that was happening at the at the current moment. He was talking he even said in there that uh he was still wanted in Sweden. I was like, this, could this guy be more wrong about this thing, like this whole scenario? And Joe Rogan's just sitting there going, yep, yeah, totally, I agree with you. He didn't question any of it. That pissed the shit out of me. I don't know. What did you think about that? Yeah, no, totally. Can you pause for two seconds? Uh, uh, Theresa May's statement on Brexit agreement in the Met. Uh, Theresa May and her team has been locked in talks for four hours as they consider a draft, they they are saying that uh, she's coming out. We'll keep an eye on it. And we'll just yeah. We'll just keep I'll going. just keep an eye, yeah. eye on it. Okay. 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 Sorry. I might just keep this in. I don't really. I really don't know. <laughs> okay. More than 7,000 still watching black and white TV across the UK. This was surprising news for me. Right, uh, uh, I'll go into it. Uh, it says it's been a half century yeah. since the dawn of color television, but more than 7,000 people across the UK are still watching it in black and white. Uh, this is according to TV licensing, right? Because they have the TV license over there, so they can see what kind of TV they're using. That makes sense. Uh, despite an inc- increase in the use of smart TVs as well as tablets uh, and smartphones to to access TV content, some 7,161 UK households are spurning modern technology and have not switched over to color transmissions. Where do you even buy a black and white TV? Well, that 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 is my question. Where do you buy it? And two, if you didn't buy it, has it really been that? Has it really lasted that long without like having a repair or uh, um, yeah, right? Anything? Well, I mean. Technology was made better, you know, back in the day. It was made to last longer, like if it was made in the 60s or the 70s, I guess. But that's still a really long time, especially for... It would have to be like a cathode tube, you know what I mean? And those tubes don't last forever, those t- uh, tube TVs. The tube eventually wears out, like the the uh, the vacuum in it uh, wears out. So, Right. Yeah, they would have had to have gotten them fixed, right? That's the only explanation. And wouldn't that cost a lot of more money uh, since it's black and white? Uh, to get the than parts? Yeah. Parts? Yeah. You're buying like vintage <laughs> television parts? Yeah, can't imagine it's cheap. <laughs> what I find most uh, surprising about this is that uh, London is first uh, with 1,748. Then we have like 
the Midlands with 431 on second and uh, Greater Manchester uh, on third with uh, 390. So many of them are in London. That is uh, really, really surprising because I would think it was countryside uh, where they had most black and white TV because uh, people didn't care or didn't like not in a metropolitan area as London is and by so much as well. Right. It's really strange. Since your regular color broadcast began with the Wimbledon tennis tournament on BBC Two in 1967, that's when they started uh, color broadcast. Here's the thing I'm thinking. It says. Uh, this is based on that you got a t- black and white TV license. So what if these people have color TVs and they're just paying for the black and white TV license because they're cheap? What if that's what it is? Yeah. Maybe the black and white TV license is cheaper than the color one and they're like, I don't care about color, I'll watch it in black and white or whatever. I don't know, maybe that's what it is. Hmm, interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's extremely extremely strange. All right, next story. Uh, Let's see. Uh, well, this is great. Former Clinton advisor says Hillary will run in two thousand twenty. Yeah, she says uh, the former advisor guarantees uh, two-time Democratic president can- presidential candidate Hillary Clinton will mount a third bid for the White House. Longtime Clinton advisor Mark Penn. Uh, wrote in an op-ed published Sunday by the Wall Street Journal, uh, predicting that former First Lady and Secretary of State is readying a Hillary 4.0 campaign for 2002. Wow. Hillary 4.0. Like, what is this, 1997? What, what <laughs> kind of abbreviation is that? Wee-wee! Breaking news. Wee-wee! Breaking news. Theresa May just came out and said... Cabinet has approved the draft uh, Brexit agreement. I firmly believe it's the best agreement that we can negotiate. Uh, this is a divisive step um, to enable us to move on. Agreement delivers a referendum vote and is firmly in the national interest. The decision will come under in two tense scrutiny, and there will be difficult day ahead. Okay, so did she say anything about <laughs> if the EU is going to agree with this, or they're just going to go ahead with it anyways, or what? what? Uh, it said it said that they have agreed on a Brexit agreement. With the EU? The cabinet. Or the cabinet yeah. just agreed on a Brexit agreement to then give to the that, EU. That's... No, she has been in the EU. Right. She has come with agreement okay. from the EU to the cabinet, okay. and now the cabinet has approved it. Right. Okay. So that's where we're at. All right. Uh, so yeah, we we said <laughs> that this is so strange. <laughs> we were waiting for this, and then it happened as we're doing the news. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah. So the uh, cabinet agreed on the draft she had with the EU. So it looks that that is a big step in the direction of uh, uh, not the hard Brexit anyway. 
Yeah, I guess so. We'll definitely have more information about that next week, if not later in the show, I guess, if something else comes out. Yes. See. Yes. Um, where were we? What were we just talking about? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, on Jordy Shore, they got some pets, uh, Fro. They got two rats uh, as pets on Jordy Shore, okay. and they named them Teresa and Donald. I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we're... We were talking we're about Hillary talk 4.0. About... Yes, sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, are you surprised by this at all? Is this breaking news? I think uh, it's surprising I, I... that... Uh, we, I mean, we covered last year that she did that interview with the... Uh, the British newspaper or, or news organization. She did an interview with this lady and said... Uh, I definitely don't want to run for any kind of office ever again. And now this advisor right. is saying she's going to. So, I mean, that's I, it's Hillary Clinton. So I'm not surprised that she said one thing and then went and did another thing. So, yeah, I, I, uh, if the advisor guarantees that uh, Hillary will run run in 2020, I, I don't. Uh, the sad thing is that I don't really see anyone competing for her position or, uh, other than Bernie Sanders. Oh, there's plenty of people. That's the thing. Uh, in 2020, the Democrat, you know, last year, uh, the Republicans, there was like 17 people up on stage and the Democrats, there was three. Right. That It's going to be reversed this time. It's going to be like 20 okay. Democrats up stage and uh, on stage and there's going to be three Republicans is my guess. Something like that. Um, but yeah, we have tons of people who are already planning on uh, running in 2020, I can tell you. Uh, Cory Booker is probably going to run. Kamala Harris is probably going to run. Uh, it's sounding like I, I saw rumors that. Uh, well, I, we could add Bernie Sanders. Those those rumors are out there that he's going to run, and then uh, a few but. other people that have already kind of made waves as far as. Uh, not really saying outright they're going to do it, but people saying, hey, are you thinking about it? And them not really uh, responding one way or another. So uh, that's my guess is that's what the 2020 uh, field is going to look like on the Democratic side. Especially, I think the corporate Democrats want to st like stack it, put as many people up there as possible so that they can spread the votes out between all these people. Um mm. And then you have your people up there that get vote that get their votes. Uh, they can then bow out uh, before the primary is over, and then give their votes to whoever the corporate Democrat is. I think that's going to be a game that's going to be played in 2020 uh, to try to get somebody that's... like a Cory Booker or a or uh, I don't know or a Hillary Clinton uh, put back in as the nominee again. Yeah, I was just going to ask, does that favor Hillary Clinton? And you kind of said yes. Right, but I don't. I kind of think that if they're going to do it, they're not, like they'll put Hillary Clinton in there as a person to just take votes from, say, a Bernie Sanders uh, or somebody like that, uh, and then she'll bow out and give her votes to somebody else who's on the panel, like a Cory Booker. Uh, taking those votes away from a, a progressive that's up, up there. That's a way to... It, it, it's a way that you can uh, work the primary system. Uh, mm. So just keep an eye on it, out for it in two years, I guess. We'll see if it actually happens. Yeah, here's another question. Uh, does uh, a big amount of people 
make it easier for a candidate like Hillary Clinton to stand out more because she has done it before, or, or does it uh, favor an outsider? I think a lot of people favors uh, uh, favors a corporate Democrat because they can stack the the field with other corporate Democrats, and then those people can, like I said, they can just bow out and then give their votes to mm. the person who they initially planned to win in the first place, which right now it's looking like Cory Booker is kind of the the go-to. Uh, I know there's like a Kennedy, actually, who's a Democrat that uh, is looking like he may run in 2020 also. So, yeah, there's different uh, options, but I, I do think never, it's going to be never, a lot of people in the Democratic field. Yeah, never put a Kennedy in the White House. Only, and don't send them to Texas. <laughs> right yeah uh yeah they probably would not do that or he, he's like hey i'm gonna uh, change uh the uh the limo into a convertible is that okay they're like what are you are you nuts <laughs> yeah um uh, well uh confessed parkland high school shooter <coughs> is uh, now allowed to register to vote from jail uh, taking away voting rights of an eligible person awaiting trial is illegal, a jail spokesman said. Uh, sheriff officials said there is nothing they can do uh, uh, after the outrage they have gotten that uh, uh, this mass murder that killed 17 people on at Florida High School was allowed to register for vote. From his jail cell this summer. Right, it says so. Florida law allows criminal defendants to vote as long as they haven't been convicted. While Cruz right. has confessed to the killings, he is still awaiting trial. Uh, taking away voting rights from an eligible person awaiting trial is illegal, said a spokesman for the sheriff's office. Uh, BSO serves as a mail courier between inmates and supervisor of elections office. Um, ba, ba, ba. Uh, uh, Pollock, an outspoken supporter of Donald Trump, continued tweeting throughout Saturday and Sunday, warning that uh, sleazeball Democrats shouldn't be allowed to steal a recount ballot in an undecided Senate election between Bill Nelson and Rick Scott. Right? This is uh, this Parkland shooter is in Broward County where the whole thing with the uh, governor election in Florida is also happening all at the same time. So that's where right. this whole thing is kind of coming from is why they don't want him to vote, especially is because he's going to be voting on this specific um, election. And this is a very close election. Um, and it's being contested right now, as I'm to understand. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think felons should have the right to vote. So I think this kid should have the right to vote. I know it's probably not the best. <laughs> I know it's probably not the most uh, lovable uh, side to be on of this whole situation, but I just think no. Um, if you're a person and you're, I think as long as you're not in a men mental hospital ward for murdering people, like you know what I mean, then you should have the right to vote. Is my personal opinion, but I don't. I don't necessarily think. Somebody who's so out there, they're like seeing pink elephants all the time, needs to be voting. So, yeah, that's m my thoughts. What about you, Fro? 
No, I agree with you. Uh, it's 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 not a popular opinion. Uh, I know people out there who will be outraged that we're saying, "Oh, you want to allow killers to vote?" Well, yes, they killed persons. They didn't. They didn't kill the election. <laughs> well, they, and they also know. are still affected. Even though they're in jail, they're still affected by laws that are made outside of jail, especially laws that are made about things that affect the criminal justice system. So they should have the right to vote if it's going to affect, say, if they're not in there for life and and there's a law coming up that's going to affect their ability to get parole, say, should they be able Mm -hmm. to vote? Yes, because it's going to affect their Mm -hmm. life. Uh, That's my opinion. I mean, other people are going to have different opinions. So uh, you can send it. To us at another digital citizen at gmail.com if you have an opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Norway helps uh, defense exports uh, to Saudi Arabia or Yemen. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, why. Why is this? Right. Uh, Norway said on Friday it was freezing all uh, defense materials. Uh, exported uh, materials export license to Saudi Arabia over the recent developments in the country and their war in Yemen. So also the developments in the country, meaning the whole killing of the journalist uh, and also the war in Yemen. So it's kind of a combination of reasons they're doing this. Uh, The announcement came amid international outrage over the killing of the Saudi journalist, though Norway did not mention the murder specifically. Uh, The foreign minister... Eriksson Sorid so, Sorid Sorid Oh yeah uh, Eriksson Sorid There we go. We we have decided that in a current situation no new license licenses are to be granted for exports of defense related products or dual use items for military use in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so there uh I I believe we did we uh, I know that it had been talked about here. I don't know if it actually went through that we we also uh, said we were going to do this. Uh... Right. No, I, I think it's good uh, that Ina Eriksson said this because, I mean, uh, it's, it is a huge step in the right direction of what they have done. I, I think it's a little... <laughs> I don't. I don't want to call them pussy, but uh, pussies. But I think it is a little uh, strange. I will put it that that they didn't say it was anything to do with this murder, because I mean, they kind of mm, they kind of didn't say anything about the murder. So. Uh, but it came right afterwards, and the war in Yemen has been going on for years. So right, it's very I mean, clear. It's kind of a chicken move. Right, it's very clear what's still. going on. It's just they're right. Uh, but I, I, I wish they they said that instead of going. Oh, it's war in Yemen that they had for many years. Sure, right. I guess so. <laughs> right. I remember. I heard a story when we were. Um, we did sanctions like this on Iraq. Uh, when Saddam Hussein was in power. And I heard this story that... uh, Remember when PlayStation 3 came out and nobody could find a PlayStation 3 anywhere? There were all these uh, rumors that um, 
Iraq had started buying up all these PlayStation 3s because the computers in there could have could be used uh, for defense systems and things like that, but that they 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 were considered toys where a co- regular computer like that you couldn't sell that to Iraq. Uh, PlayStation 3 you could because it was considered a toy. So Iraq was like buying up all these PlayStation 3s cuz they weren't allowed to get their hands on any other computer systems. <laughs> so there could be ways for wow. Saudis to get around this, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 just strange. I I it's I just find it strange that Norway is not willing to to take a, a clear stand against Saudi Arabia and uh, its way of treating their the royal family there and uh, people that works. Uh, Pro freedom uh, inside of the country and things like that. I wish they were a little less pussies and just said it. It is because of this murder. Uh, yeah. But that... And especially since this week, uh, Canada Trudeau in Canada came out and said he heard the tapes from Turkey. Right. So that we know the tapes are real now and everything. I I trust Trudeau more than I trust Turkey to be honest. But uh, yeah. so now I, I I know that those are real. So yeah, they should have mentioned something about it. But uh, let's see. Uh, Vatican insists U.S. bishops put off vote on their response to sexual abuse crisis. Uh, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops will not be considering two measures in drafted it drafted in response to sexual abuse scandal, uh, announcing the surprise move at the start of the bishops' annual fall assembly. Uh, Cardinal Daniel DiNardo said, at the insistence of the Holy See, we will not be voting. The Holy See has asked that we delay voting, uh, DiNardo said, because Pope Francis plans to hold a global meeting of press, uh, conference of presidents scheduled February 2019. So they, uh, they were going to pass some law, or they're going to pass something, or vote on something to stop... Uh, child abuse, and the Vatican said, "Don't do that." <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, that is extremely weird. That is extremely weird. Why? Why would they? That it says because the something. the Pope is going to hold a global meeting in February of 2019, so that's why he they told him not to make to vote on this. I guess. Uh. He said, "As although I'm, I am disappointed that we will not taking, we will not taking these actions tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry for late notice, but in fact, this was conveyed to me late yesterday afternoon. So even the Vatican, it was like kind of a last minute thing that they just came out and told them not to do this. So, uh, doesn't seem to say why other than that. Yeah. Hmm." In other news, uh, we started chess season again. Uh, we had uh, four uh, chess uh, champion matches so far. And it's uh, Magnus Carlsen against uh, the American Fabiano Caruana. And I'm going to ask you, as an American, have Fabiano Caruana? Uh, no, I've never heard of this guy. No. No. <laughs> the... 2018 world chess champion between the three times defending champion Magnus Carlsen and Fabiano Caruana, the first American to compete since the legend Bobby Fischer in 1972 
kicked off uh, on Friday. Norwegian uh, Master uh, 27 is seeking to cement his reputation as history's greatest chess player, while 26-year-old Corona is prodigy, helping to return mass appeal to the high brogue game. The pair will face off on a maximum of 12 times from Friday until November 26, with game scheduled to start uh, at five uh, at three o'clock uh, Greenwich Middle Time, and it's a biannual uh, contest hold, held in a former London Art and Design School building. Okay, so, so they're going to go 12 games in st- starting, I guess that's in two weeks? Started right. Friday. Yeah, it started Friday, Friday so it's three three weeks. No, it starts It starts uh, in two weeks on Friday, not this Friday. No, it has started. It was on Friday. It, started it says the pair will Friday. face off from a maximum of 12 times from, from Friday, November 26th. Which... No, until November 26th. Oh, until... Okay, I see. There's, that's where I got confused. Yes. So they started on Friday. I have seen four of their matches, so trust me, I have. <laughs> they have started. <laughs> four matches? Okay, so who's so, winning? Uh, right now, it's even... Uh, two even. and two? Or two, two. Did they draw at all? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it's been two two draws, uh, uh, four draws together. Oh, four it's draws! So nobody's even won a game yet. Okay, that's exciting. No, yeah. So it's half a point for each draw. So uh, four games altogether. So that means they it's one one. Right, but uh, and two two. Like when said. you think about it, it just makes it more exciting that nobody's won a game yet because the ne- the first one to win a game that's going to no. be like a big turning point in the tournament. So, oh, definitely. Uh, but uh, as an American, uh, I, I I I'm not surprised that you never heard of Fabiano Caruana. I've heard about him before, but I follow chess, so <laughs> it's it's a little different. I, I don't me. I don't follow chess. Uh, I. I bet if this guy wins, the American, everybody in America will all of a sudden love chess, is my guess. Yeah, yes, that is. And uh, it's kind of strange, but he has played, like Magnus has played really, really bad. So I actually think uh, this Caruana is going to win time. Okay. As a Norwegian, I shouldn't say that, but... (laughs) <laughs> so, um, well, we'll so, see. I guess. I mean, it, it sounds like they're really close to get, or at least they're yeah. close in skill if they're tied four times in a row. So, yep. So, tell me about the female protester that charged, charged Trump's motorcade in Paris. Uh, she managed to slip past heavy security on Sunday, running towards the motorcade carrying President Donald Trump um, en route to ceremony marking 100 years since the end of World War I. Uh, the woman who had the words fake peacemaker written on her chest came within f- a few feet of Trump's motorcade but was quickly grabbed by police. The fact that the protester was able to get so close to the presidential motorcade uh, immediately raises question about the security. Uh, 
uh, at the event. Uh, would that involve more than 60 world leaders? So let's go ahead and watch the video, the top video there, bro. Okay. Alright, we'll go ahead and give me a countdown. In three, two, one, go. Dans la première Cadillac, je crois, on arrive à l'apercevoir. Oh, regardez, regardez ce qui se passe. Il y a une dame qui. It sounds like a soccer announcer, kind of, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's out in the middle of the traffic now. La rue. I don't know why she needs to be topless exactly, to be, but I guess it does get. Oh! <laughs> I want him so much to say go. It kind of took the French police a long ass time to get her, because he was out there for yeah. a minute. Are we gonna see a replay? Is that what's happening? I think maybe from the other side. Yeah. Oh no, she's, 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 this is the same shot, you can see her off to the left there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't you wish you knew what I were saying? <laughs> this is interesting, I, uh, why is it that people who, what is the thing about writing on yourself and being naked? When did that become like a, a a regular protesting thing to do? You know, like you think protest, you think somebody holding a sign that says like something about politics. You think of like maybe a, a gas mask or something like protecting yourself against riot police. Now I'm starting to think of naked or topless women as has to just go with protesting. They like go hand in hand for some reason. I don't know when that happened, but it was in the last like three years. Yeah. When I think think of bare, bare naked ladies, I think of uh, uh, a Canadian band. But that's I me. mean, look at this. It's she's topless, right? It, it's not nice outside. It is not a nice day. It's pouring down no. rain. These police have like full jackets and everything on. Uh, yeah, and she went full topless. It definitely looks uh, cold. I guess is my my point. <laughs> Maybe it's cold outside. Yes. So what is this other uh, thing that I have not seen 6,000 times this week? Right, but I found a different angle of it, bro. This is an angle from BBC mm. Hindi. Uh, cool. President Donald Trump clashes with CNN's Jim Acosta during presser at the White House. And then this ended up having, I think yesterday, CNN announced they were going to sue the White House over this. Yeah. Uh, so let's yes. go ahead and watch it. Yes. And uh, three, two, one. Uh, thank you, Mr. President you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign uh, in, in the midterms. That here, this, here we go. That, well, if you don't mind, Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, caravan was not an invasion. It's, a, it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling and me that. I why, why, did you, why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants not in this election no, to try I to want keep... Them, I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process. And I want people to come in, and we need the people. Your you know, campaign... Wait, your campaign. Wait, wait. You know why we need the people, don't you? Because we have hundreds of companies moving in. We need the people. But your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and well, so that's on. True. It for, it, but they it, weren't it, actors. They're not going to be doing they that. They weren't actors. Well, no, it's true. 
You think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. This is a weird back to forth, back and forth for a press yeah. conference. Like he's not really asking any questions, yeah. the journalist. And uh, there are hundreds of miles away. Mm. He's making statements, but he hasn't actually asked any questions yet. Honestly, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. And Trump is clearly just being a huge jerk, but that's just standard for him. If I may ask one other question, are you worried? That's enough. And this lady comes in, tries to take the mic away. That's enough. Pardon me, ma'am. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if go. I may ask, on, on the Russia investigation, are you concerned? And at this point, I think Jim Acosta is taking it one step too far. What do you think, Frog? Yeah, oh yeah. It's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that happened this week. Yeah, no. I mean, he was pushing it. Right, when he said, uh, next question, and then the guy, this he said next question after the lady tried to take the microwave away, away from him, and yeah. then he just kept talking, yeah. and then P- Trump points to another reporter to, like, say, hey, you ask a question now. But then this guy just keeps talking. So at that point, he's talking over another reporter. Like, t- talking over Trump when you're trying to get answers to a question is one thing. But once you start talking over another reporter who's trying to ask another question, that's uh, that's when I go, well, I don't know how much of on the side of the press you really are. You're on your side, but I don't know how much you are on the side of the rest of the press who are also trying to ask questions here at this press conference. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, should we round it out with uh, Theresa May, uh, little uh, press crump, what she said? It's really short and sweet. Okay, let's check this out. Um, I got to get it up real quick. Okay, like a minute long. Yep. What's that? Heavy. Yeah, for the Heavy video uh, laden uh, news section here, but all right, I think I'm ready. This is from the Turkish Broadcasting yep. Service. Does it say that at the bottom yes. of your uh, of your video, Fro? Uh, uh, no. See, everything now in America, at the bottom of the video, it'll say, it says TRT is a Turkish broadcast uh, service. The one other one we were reading, it said BBC is a British broadcasting service. Like, it always says that. It's weird. Yeah. Really? Ever since, uh, yeah. ever since the whole Russia thing, now they're like, they have to tell you what uh, every video, where it comes from, so. No. Okay, let's listen to what Theresa May said in three. Two, one, go. Documents were the result of thousands of hours of hard negotiation by UK officials and many, many meetings which I and other ministers held with our EU counterparts. Okay. I firmly believe that the draft withdrawal agreement was the best that could be negotiated. Somebody's yelling in the background. Can you to decide whether yeah. to move on in the talks? The choices before us were difficult. It's protesters. There's one guy, though. Backstop. But the collective decision of cabinet was that the government should agree the draft withdrawal agreement and the outline political declaration. This is a decisive step which enables us to move on and finalize the deal in the days ahead. Okay. So I think the guy in the background screaming like inaudibly is probably the most interesting part of that to me. But yeah, it's 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 weird that we uh, said in the beginning. Uh, oh, there's been no Brexit news. 
And while we're doing the news, we're getting the Brexit news. Uh, we are we we are so on the point. Yeah, on the ball. On another digital system. Mm-hmm. On the ball. Hey, have you heard that Norwegian healthcare is just like Venezuela? Yeah, I heard those two countries are exactly the same country, actually. Yeah, yeah, same cla- cla- climate. That's yeah, same sure. climate, same uh, uh, <laughs> government. I think you guys just share a Le- government. Yes, yes. Uh, Trondheim is going to tell the truth about that the Norwegian system is not Venezuela. This is Trump, the Trump tells the truth. For the last week I've been reading a lot of articles about the White House warning against the Scandinavian model, or especially the Norwegian model. They're comparing the socialist or social democracy, as we call it up here in the north, as the same as Venezuela and Hugo Chavez, who went to fuck. They're warning against it from the White House in a big report. I don't know why they're warning against us so much. And if this had been Venezuela, I wouldn't be making Trump tells the truth. I wouldn't make any subject, any. I wouldn't, couldn't write in the newspapers, I, I couldn't say what I want. So what Trump really tries here to attack, I don't know. There have been a lot of attack on the Norwegian model from uh, conservatives in the United States. And some of them is like, we have no middle class. Yes, we do have a big middle class. In our so-called state-owned healthcare system, the people don't earn enough money. Well, that's a little bit true. Some nurses don't earn as much as they should. But doctors, they earn very well. And how do I know that? Yes, because my aunt is a nurse, my sister is a nurse, and my cousin is a nurse, and my mother used to be a nurse, and my father was a doctor. So I do know a lot of things about it. I don't know why White House is attacking in Norway in, in a report. Norway. You mean that you have more, I think you have bigger military than Norway have population. I don't know quite that's true, but... We have 5 million people, so the number says itself. But it has been a success. I'm going to tell you why. When we found oil, the oil money didn't go to the rich elite. No, it went to the people. Therefore, we have a healthcare system. When we tax, we tax the rich. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we make people who work hard earn a different wage. You can work in a shop here in Norway, and you can have a place to live. On your salary, you don't need two, three jobs, and you don't have to, to care about whether you have a, can afford health care or not, because that's provided for you. You know, they can say that they can save a lot of money on a lot of things. They stop people giving people social security, stop giving them health care, and stop giving them education. But a bill will always come up in the other end. In American end, it's big poverty, big prisons and people starving on the streets. And that leads to more crime and more shit. I think maybe our model costs a little bit of money, but it saves a lot of money too. It's not very difficult to read about Norway, uh, even for conservatives in the United States. Norway is an open country. If you want to come here and live here for a year and study the model, everyone is welcome, especially for the United States. News articles and information about Norway is very open. If you want to ask me about any questions about this, you can call me anytime. No, not anytime, but you can send me an email and I'm going to call you up. The Norwegian model is not a secret. So instead of reading reports from conservative think tanks or the White House, I just 
recommend you sit down and read it for yourself. Come here a little bit for a year. Maybe it's for you, maybe it's not for you. But I will guarantee you one thing. You won't get screwed over. If you have trouble here, when you have a job, if you have unions. That is not hardcore and so, uh, socialism. And if you don't like the politicians there, we have elections you can vote them out. Today we have two conservative parties running the country. Well, for us, that's hell. For, for you, that would be socialism. So it, the whole thing is a little bit turned upside down. Even the conservative parties know this is some bullshit you should not pull. They try to cut taxes for the rich and screw off uh, people who don't own much. But eventually, in open debate, in open society, that also will stop by the next election. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Have a nice day. That was uh, Tron telling the truth about the Venezuela and Norway. So different. I, I bet uh, the temperature in Venezuela is better than here. That's for fucking sure. Right. It's cold. They always compare, uh, uh, whenever they talk about social, uh, de- democratic socialism or like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Bernie, they always bring up Venezuela and it's like, um, mm. we, America is destroying Venezuela with our drug war. That's what's ruining Venezuela, not socialism, <laughs> is our drug war right. that's destroying those, uh, those countries. Same reason that that the whole migrant caravan is happening is because of our drug war here in America causing these giant cartels to murder hundreds of thousands of people and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's why Venezuela is not like Norway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's such an unfair uh, comparison. It's like... Uh, when they talk about communism, like communism never worked. If you look look into communism, I, I was a communist uh, for the longest time. I think we we talked about this on uh, uh, the last podcast we did. Uh, at least I have talked about it before. But I was a communist leader, like uh, youth leader at my school and things. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you lo- look look into what communism really stands for, instead of like uh, what everybody thinks they stand for, it's two different things. Yeah, well, the thing about co- communism is an idealist idea, where in practice, over history, it seems that it doesn't yeah. always work out great. Like, the idealist no. concept of it is... is perfect but then in execution it doesn't necessarily work that well uh no but democratic I, socialism is not communism they're completely different so but uh, but people people think that is the same thing as well that's also one of the things that like su- surprises me there's there's a really uh, i think a, a, a real communist would say they fought against socialism <laughs> right, Almost. a real com, yeah, a real communist. Yeah, yeah. that would make that would make sense. A, a real communist would, yeah, would fight against socialism, uh, real socialism. So comparing them is a little like comparing apple to oranges. But anyway, we have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail dot com. That's another digital citizen at gmail dot com. Uh, any emails? Uh, no, 
about emails. Uh, we have a Facebook page, another digital citizen on Facebook, even though Facebook is kind of terrible now. Uh, I don't know. If you think we should move somewhere else, send us an email and let us know that. Uh, nothing super interesting on the Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, go check it out. Cool. Manifest Episode 7. What happened on this fantastic show? Uh, with a detained passenger secretly moved and subjected to painful experimentation, and Cal's health directly linked to them, Ben takes advantage of an old friend to find out where the passengers were taken. Meanwhile, a mysterious new version of The Calling pulls Michaela into a murder investigation that has deep personal ramifications for her. This was maybe the worst episode so far, and I think I say that because last one was so good this was so freaking boring this is the most boring episode that's for sure uh, I, uh, I don't I don't know I, I couldn't comp- um, I'd say it's even with like some of the first couple episodes as far as boring goes it doesn't get any more boring or any less boring to me I guess um, but it's not as good as last episode that's for sure it felt it felt like uh, the the last episode was kind of a mistake. Do you understand what I mean? Like it felt like the it was now it was back to its old like shit itself. It's back to being NYPD Blue mixed with some kind of weird <laughs> uh, yes. sci-fi show, right? Especially with the little kid and his uh, uncle getting shot or whatever. That was straight NYPD yeah. blue. Like, 100%. Now, and uh, and and also, what, what was bothering me to, uh, when I was watching this, I was, I was thinking to myself, I had so high hopes for this uh, when we saw the last episode. And then it goes and do, does exactly the same that it has done. Did you? Uh, did you? Uh, were you surprised that you didn't see the statue in the intro? Because you said the next time the statue is not in the intro, I'm sure we will see it. Yeah, right. There was no, there was no statue in the intro and no statue in the show. It's like it just completely disappeared right i i really don't know where they're gonna go with that or if it's gonna come back at all i mean the cliffhanger of this episode was clearly the the picture drawn on on the refrigerator that cal drew and yeah the girl's like or the main character i guess is like oh look it's uh whatever the kid the the young kid whose uncle died she's like it it's him like i look at the picture and go how do you how are you how is that him <laughs> It's a stick figure drawing <laughs> on a refrigerator done by like a six-year-old. How can you tell that this is a who it's supposed to be? I don't know. That part was just that's supposed to be the cliffhanger. I thought that was really a lame cliffhanger. And also this chase where it wasn't voices this time. It was a feeling. It was her gut telling her well she was hearing the, the heartbeat but she, she said yeah, i can the... feel it now i can feel it and she's all right but she's hearing the heartbeat and she's following the guy like the homeless or the you know the drug addict dude in the sweatshirt but the heartbeat is right. the heartbeat of the kid so shouldn't the heartbeat 
Shouldn't she be following the kid if she's following the heart? Kid. Whatever. Yeah. I'm so confused. And then the whole scene with, like, the daughter and the... Uh, I guess I'll call him the stepdad. I put that in air quotes. Um right. And the cli- right. the climbing scene, That's that guy is the worst part of the show. He is the worst oh. part, the stepdad. Because he just, yeah. it doesn't fit in the rest of the uh, the rest of the show, the series. Like, his storyline doesn't fit. It just kind of feels like this whole extra piece just added on. And he is just a terrible actor. And, she, like, she's alright, but when they put her with that guy, it's, it's horrible. Every scene with those two together was awful. Awful. <laughs> oh no but why why this why why have a good episode and and bring up my hopes and then like tell me uh, sucker punch me in the stomach with madness the, the, the episode after and and, and, I, and I, have you ever seen uh what was that fucking uh, uh i see dead people show uh, where, 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 um, uh, she, she, uh, she can, s- Ghost Whisper. Have you ever seen Ghost Whisper? I've probably seen an episode or two, uh, but, uh, it just, yeah, this reminds me so much of the Ghost Whisper. It's the same, like, uh, feeling of, of, especially the acting in, in this is on the Ghost Whisper level. That's saying so much, oh. Heated this episode. Why was it so bad? Yeah, not a lot How of good episodes? stuff in here. I mean, the only good thing that's happening really is him. The part where he gets like the job to try to in- infiltrate the system. Yes. That part was kind of interesting storyline wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other than that, this episode was bad. So, how many episodes is left? Uh, nine. Yay. Yep. Can't wait. Who knows? Can't Next, wait. At, at this point, I have no idea what to expect. Next episode could be the most amazing <laughs> episode of television of all time, for all, all I know at this point. Uh, before we go into the TV round, I know that you are working this weekend. Uh, do you plan seeing NXT and Survivor Series when you come home? No. No, I've I looked at what Survivor Series is like, kind of what's going on. I've listened to some podcasts, of, you know, about the matches coming up, and I'm not interested in seeing that show at all. There's nothing interesting happening on it. I I said it uh, on that wrestling show last week that it's maybe the most boring card I have ever seen. There's absolutely no matches I want to see. There's not one single one. Right. Yeah. I can't wait. NXT, I will uh, surely watch. Uh, if I hear that it was something, if I hear there was an amazing match, I will maybe see that match, but not the whole pay-per-view. Yeah, no, I probably won't watch either, to be honest, but I'm going to be watching wrestling all weekend, so I'll kind of get my fill. Yeah. And uh, on uh, Monday, uh, you and me are going to watch a movie that comes out on Friday. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, it should be good. The, Leg- the Legend of Badger... No. <laughs> what is the name of the... I, I, what is the name? Something, something, something Lester Scruggs. I don't remember what the beginning yes. part of it is. 
Yes, the legend of Lester Scrubs or something like that. The Coen brothers. I can't wait to see this. But have you seen any good TV or bad TV this week? Uh, I found a cartoon from my childhood on YouTube that has every episode on YouTube. So I was watching those. It's called Mr. Bumpy. I sent Fro like an episode of this, I think. Yes. Did you ever see this when you were a kid, Mr. Bumpy? No. This... It's like a cartoon that I, I watch now and go, there's no way any channel would allow this to be made in 2018. You know what I mean? Uh, it's very weird, but it's very cool. Uh, I recommend... I, I thought it held up pretty well. And it has got some interesting um, characters and interesting storylines. Uh, so I checked that out. Uh, I was, I've was i been watching Roseanne. I'm not quite done. I think I'll probably get done with it this week. Uh, but that... They get to the end. I'm kind of. I'm in the last season now, Fro, and we've watched. Mm. We watched the last two. Like, well, the last, the very last season of uh, Roseanne, and then the Connors, right? Right. And in the last, the second to last season of the show, Roseanne has another kid, another child, yeah. and that child is not in Roseanne, the new Roseanne, or the Connors. Yeah. And the child was named Jerry Garcia. <laughs> Did you remember this? Yeah. Uh, she mm-hmm. de- they dedicated what? a whole episode of the show to Jerry Garcia, and then they named the child in the show Jerry Garcia as like a in dedication of him because this was the year it was the same year he died, fro. So they dedicated an episode and everything. But that I thought that was interesting because if you go through the kind of timeline of the show, uh, Darlene had her kid before Roseanne had Jerry Garcia, uh, child in the main show, right? But Darlene's kid is in the new show, and the Jerry Garcia character is not, it not even though the Jerry Garcia character was born before the kid, uh, the Darlene kid. So, they, uh, I, the, the, definitely something broken as far as storyline-wise in between the seasons, uh, the new ones and the old ones. Mm. And I just thought it was interesting that she called him Jerry Garcia because people nowadays think of Roseanne as this very Republican, Trumpite kind of person. But you look back at these, and she's very Democrat, uh, extremely Democrat, even to the point of, like, naming her child Jerry Garcia on the television show. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. I watched this uh, mini-series called Bodyguard. Uh, this is a BBC production, but Netflix have bought it and now call it a Netflix original. I find that kind of funny. No, it wasn't BBC. It was... Uh, uh, IP or or another British uh, some British BBC, channel. But All right. Yes, yes. I think it was ITV, but it wasn't BBC. But this is uh, a fake. Uh, uh, it's not a documentary, of course. It's 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 uh, um, a mockumentary. An action. It's not a documentary. I said right. A mockumentary is something that a documentary no. that's not a documentary. That kind of thing, or oh. No, no, okay. uh, but uh, it, uh, it could be uh, uh, watched as, as a documentary if it happened this way. It is really amazingly fucking good, and it's so action-filled and so thriller-filled, and it's only six episodes. Uh, I recommend this. Uh, thoroughly, and would give this an eight and a half out of ten. All right. How much uh, Whitney Houston music does it have in it? None. Okay. 
I was a little, I, w- I was a little sad that I didn't tear. And I, <laughs> I had, I had the Bodyguard soundtrack. I think when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know where I got it, but I had that soundtrack when I was a kid. Aww. It had some decent okay. music on it, as far as I remember. And then there was that Whitney Houston song. Uh, what else did I see? Uh. Fro- one of Fro's very favorite shows in the entire universe uh, came back this week. Mr. D, Canadian television show. Mr. D is back for season eight, oh. Fro, episode one and two. Uh, still very funny. Uh, favorite, favorite. It was kind of a cliffhanger at the end of last season that he was going to go to China or or Japan or something. And then, so this the beginning of the season, he ends up going to Japan. Uh, so, very kind of funny, interesting uh, stuff there. I enjoyed it. Uh, I know Fro is not a huge fan of that show, but I like Mr. D. I, I, it's not something I would turn off, but I wouldn't turn it on either. So it's very dry humor. If you like dry humor, it's got that dry Canadian humor. So that you gotta like that to like the show for sure. Uh, I watched the second season of uh, Castlevania. I loved the first season. It's uh, the Dracula story, but uh, told in another way. Uh, and it's on Netflix, so you can see it. Uh, it is a, a cut- cartoon show for grown-ups. Don't show this to your kids, whatever you do. It's, it is extremely violent and extremely blood-filled. Uh, Castlevania Season 2 is definitely better than Season 1. I think season one had four episodes only, uh, and season two has eight. But yeah, Castlevania season two, extremely good. I would rate this second season uh, seven and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess the last thing I saw, uh, one of my guilty pleasure kind of TV shows, uh, season 12 of Storage Wars, Fro. The show is still on the air. Mm. Still making new episodes of the show. Uh, Yeah, Storage Wars, uh, episode one and two of season 12. I don't know. It's one of those shows that it's like one of those shows I'll turn on when I'm cleaning the house or something like that. It's one of those shows you don't have to really pay attention to, but you can still be entertained by. So, Cool. Uh, The last thing I watched was something called Don't Watch This. It's also on Netflix. Okay. And I saw it only because it is called Don't Watch This, and it's uh, a horror anthem thing show, kind of. Uh, it is extremely bad. Um, it has... Uh, it's uh, really short episodes of... Uh, I think the first one is nine minutes, and then the second one had five minutes, and uh, things like that. Uh, but yeah, it is extremely bad. Uh, don't watch it. Uh, uh, I would give it a one, maybe. I know there's another kind of a movie kind of like that that got to be really terrible that just came out on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, but I did see the first one that had Snoop Dogg. This one does not have Snoop Dogg, but Tales of the Hood 2 is on uh, Netflix. I don't know if you ever saw Tales ah. of the Hood 1, but that was no, a I didn't. god-awful film. It was basically yeah. um, Tales from the Crypt, except Snoop Dogg was the Crypt Keeper instead of, you know, uh, yeah. Aww. It was a really bad film. Really terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, so this is short, short independent movies that doesn't have anything to do with each other, but it's put in, in into a season, but, but it is extremely bad. Right. So. Right. But the last thing I, I watched this week... And <laughs> you just said the... that was the last thing, and now this is the oh, last thing, oh, but that's fine. Continue. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, but also, I watched uh, two episodes, and I'm out of the Patriot Act with Hassan Minja Minhaj. Minhaj? Hassan Minhaj? I started watching episode one last week, and I didn't even get through episode one. Well, what do you think? The laugh track uh, with the audience there is so... Claire, it's so bad and when you see the shot of the audience you can hear the the laugh track going <laughs> and you see the audience sitting there smiling <laughs> not laughing not doing anything it is one of the worst shows i have ever seen i'm giving this a zero i'm giving it zero how do you know it wasn't just an audience of ventriloquists? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, just a ventriloquist convention was next door, and they all got free tickets. Yeah, but but it it, it is it, it is so trying to be last week tonight that it is so cringy and he's he, he he thinks he is so funny right and he's he's standing there and trying to talk to the audience about the things that that he's trying to be so engaged is it it is the most cringe fall thing on netflix and it's it's so it's extremely extremely bad i don't like i i i like progressive things like last week tonight and things like that you 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 never liked last week tonight you don't uh, like that i watch that every week but this is so trying to be that and it's so trying to be that that they uh, even on youtube where last week tonight like always lay out their main uh topic as a clip they've done it for this uh, Netflix has done it for the Patriot Act, and it's just so like, oh, poor man standing there. I understand he gets pretty good paid, maybe. I hope he gets got good paid because it's so soulless, and he's so, so fucking uninteresting. Okay, yeah, I've never, I, I had never heard of the guy before either. So I, I watched part of it. I was not entertained, but I. I I got into it and went, oh, this is last week tonight, and then I turned it off. So I don't have much to say about it, really. When I get, I like last week tonight, and I give this a zero. That's saying something. Okay. Yeah. That's something. It's not a good thing. <laughs> so Operation Paperclip, our main topic. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, this shouldn't take too long, actually. I mean, there's a bunch of information here, but we can go through it pretty quick. Uh, Operation Paperclips was a secret program uh, of the Joint Intelligence Objective Agency, largely carried out by the Special Agents of Army CIC. What is CIC? Counterintelligence Corps. Uh, was a World War II and early Cold War intelligence agency within the United States 
army consisting of highly special trade agents. So this is like the CIA of the army, is what they're saying. Uh, right. In which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians, such as Warner von Braun uh, and his V-2 rocket team, were recruited after the end of World War II in, uh, in Germany and taken to the U.S. for government employment, uh, mm-hmm. primarily between 1945 and 1959. Uh, many, of the f- many were former members and some were former leaders of the Nazi party. Yeah. If uh, people think the one the war uh, was won by the Americans, it was, but you had a lot of help from the Nazis. Well, this was—I mean, this going was after, moon. right? I mean, going to the moon, the space going race, the right? Uh, yes. I guess I what I thought you were about to say was if you thought you won the war, yes, the Americans and, and the Allies did win the war, but then afterwards. We hired a whole bunch of our enemy, <laughs> our enemies. Yeah. We just hired them as, uh, well, we'll get into it here. The primary purpose for Operation Paperclip was the U.S. military advantage in the Soviet-American Cold War and the space race, yeah. like Fro just said. Mm-hmm. The Soviet Union were more aggressive in forcibly recruiting more than 2,200 2, German specialists, a total of more than 6,000 people, including their family members. With Operation, oh geez, uh, Osakvikim. 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 During one night, October 22nd, 1946. Wow, they got 6,000 people out in one night? That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, that so, is crazy. Right, so we in America got 16,000 German scientists, and the right. Soviets at the time, which I guess is now Russia, uh, had 2,200 uh, German specialists, mm-hmm. so they had even and more than we did. And you still won. Yeah. <laughs> and you still won. The space race, right. Um, yeah. It was close, though. I mean, they def- they got the rocket. Oh, yeah. They got the first man in space, remember that. Uh, and Doc. Right, and, well, we've did we cover that in the past on this show or another on Let's Talk Them when we were talking about the, the lost uh, Soviet... Um, uh, spaceman that they sent up there and he never came back oh, down yes. and then they tried to hide it and everything. I think we covered that at I, some point in the show. Yeah, I don't think it was this though. I think it was Let's Talk Down. Yeah, maybe. Uh, why don't you go into that yeah. next part, uh, the Joyce Chiefs of Staff part? Yes, uh, it was established uh, first secret recruitment program called Operation Overcast on July 20th, 1945. Uh intentionally to assist in shortening the Japanese war and aid our post-war military research. The term overcast was the name given by German scientist family members for a housing camp where they were held in Bavaria? Where is Bavaria? Uh, It's in Germany, right? Uh, I believe. Yeah. Okay. In the late summer of I only know that because of Hogan's Heroes, to be honest. But ah. do you know what? I have never ever seen a single episode of Hogan Heroes. Oh really? I I've seen every episode. Yeah. I recommend if that that's something. There's tons of episodes. If you ever need something to go watch, it's very weird because it's a comedy based in Nazi Germany, but it's it is fu- kind of funny, I guess. Is it good? 
I yeah. like it. I, I enjoy watching it. I mean, the the jokes are pretty funny, and it also has some kind of fun little, uh, what's a good word for it? Almost like action movie parts where they're trying to, you know, sneak around, they have tunnels under the ground, and they're, you know, parachuting wow. into places, things like that. Cool. Uh, the JIOA uh, representatives included uh, the army doctors, uh, directors, sorry, <laughs> of intelligence. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if they had the army doctor of in- intelligence. So. <laughs> <laughs> the chief of the naval intelligence uh, assistant chief of the air staff uh, and re- representative from the state department in november 1945 Oct- uh, operation overcast was renamed uh, uh, renamed operation paperclip by the audience corp of united states army uh, officers who has attached and paperclip to the folders of the rocket experts whom was wished uh, to employ to uh, in America. Oh, that's why it was called that. Okay, so mm. that must have been kind of a secret way. They put a paperclip on their, on their file, and that was like a secret way to say, hey, this is somebody we want to hire uh, and bring over to America. That's interesting. Fun fact, the Binders was uh, discovered in Norway. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How how were they found? How how did that happen? I don't know. It is a Norwegian uh, invention. Oh right, uh, the paperclip. Right. Okay. Right. The binders. Uh, yes. Uh, in the secret directive uh, uh, circulated on uh, September 3rd, 1946, President Truman officially approved Operation Paperclip and extended it to include 1,000 German scientists under temporary limited military custody. Yeah, it was really limited because they were not like allowed to stay or something. Right, I'm going to go down to caption... Capture and detention, bro. Uh, Mm -hmm. Early on, the United States created a combined intelligence objective subcommittee. This provided the information on targets for the T-forces that went... What is that? Uh, T-forces was an operational arm of the joint U.S.-British Army mission to secure designated German scientific and industrial technology targets before they could be destroyed by retreating enemy forces. Oh, so... uh, Right. They wanted some of that German technology before they, the Germans right. destroyed it, I guess. <laughs> right. Because that was always Hitler's plan. Uh, uh, and one of the reasons why he committed suicide as well was that he wanted to burn uh, all proof of what he did. So uh, when they saw that they were losing, they were beginning to burn and destroy all evidence of what they have done and the technology they had created to try to keep it from their enemies right right Uh, yes t-forces that went in and targeted scientific military and industrial installations like i said initially priorities were advanced technology such as infrared that could be used in a war against japan uh, finding out what technology had been passed on to japan and finally to halt the research because we were still going against japan obviously Uh, Mm mm-hmm the project to halt research was codenamed Project Safe Haven, and it was an 
not initial, initially targeted against Soviet Union. Rather, the concern was that German scientists might uh, immigrate and continue their research in countries such as Spain, Argentina, or Egypt, all of which had sympathizers within Nazi Germany. Have you ever heard of this place in Argentina that's just like a city filled with Germans? Yes. That's a real thing where like Nazis yep. still like are still live there and like their ancestors yep. still believe in like the Nazi ways and everything in, yep. in Argentina of all places. It's very weird. Uh-huh. There's a really good film about that on, on Netflix. I will try to find out what it's called. I think it's Operation something. I will find it out right. while you read and I, there's also a rumor, like, it created rumors because they're there that maybe Hitler had escaped. He didn't kill himself and he ended up in Argentina. Right. Never been proven, right. but it's always been a rumor. In order to avoid the complications involved in immigrating the German scientists, uh, the CIOS was responsible for scouting and kidnapping high-profile individuals for the uh, deprivatization of technological advancement in the nations outside the U.S., they kidnapped these people and brought them to the U.S. bro. Yeah. The movie is called Operation Eichmann, by the way. Oh, okay. I've the never heard of that. Netflix. Yeah, it's a really good Netflix movie. Okay, cool. Where they are in Argentina to find Eichmann. It says here in 1947, uh, the evacuation operation had netted an estimated... Oh, 1,800 technicians and scientists, along with 3,700 members of their families. Uh, those with special skills or knowledge were taken to a detention and interrogation centers, such as one named, codenamed Dustbin, uh, to be held and interrogated for some months, uh, obviously before they were brought over to the United States. Right. I guess go down to arrivals, bro. Okay. I will read that. Scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> In May uh, 1945, the U.S. Navy uh, received in custody Dr. Herbert A. Wagner, the inventor of the H2, uh, HS-293 missile. Uh, for two years, he first worked at the Special Device Center at Castle Jold uh, at Hamstein House, Long Island, New York. In 1947, he was uh, moved to the Naval Air Station Point Magoo. Magoo! Magoo! Okay. You want uh, me to continue? Yeah, go, go ahead. You just kind of broke up a little bit there, but continue. Okay. In August 1945, Colonel Holger Tofte? Toftoy sounds about right to me, yeah. Toftoy, yeah. Head of the rocket branch at the Research and Development Division of the U.S. Army Ordnance Corp. offered an initial one-year contract to rocket scientists. 127 of them accepted. In September of 1945, the first group of seven scientists, aerospace engineers, arrived at Fort Strong, uh, located on Long Island in Boston Harbor. Wurscher von Braun, Erich Nubert, Theodor A. Poppel, 
Augustinschnolze, Ibart Res, Wilhelm Joghurt and Will Walter. Oh my God. Schwitzki. 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 Yes. In the beginning of the late nineteen forty-five, three rocket scientists uh, groups arrived in the United States for duty at Fort Bliss, Texas, at uh, White Sands Proving Grounds, New Mexico, as War Department Special Employee Employees. That's code name for <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> right, and does this White Sands Proving Ground sound familiar to you? Because we've talked about this very yes. recently, Fro, when we were talking about the we Laurel did. Canyon conspiracy. Yeah. Because that film place in Laurel Canyon was uh, doing all the film, uh, uh, creating all the film for this White Sands Proving Ground in New Mexico. The other thing that kind of connects to this, uh, remember that show Strange Angel, Fro? Yes. That's what that's about. <laughs> they have Warner von Braun is actually uh, they have a character playing uh, Warner von Braun, and the main character in that show is trying to get on the team of Warner von Braun. If you remember that whole thing in there, mm-hmm. uh, and then that whole it, you know that guy was connected to Satanism and all this stuff. So that that connection is super interesting as far as the White Sands uh, proving ground in New Mexico. It kind of connects all three of those things in a weird, strange way. Yeah, it is, it is kind of strange. I can. I think I'd, with those yeah, things, sorry. I can connect Nazis to uh, the mamas and the papas. Isn't that weird to think about? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I guess you can. <laughs> uh, do you want me to continue? Uh, let's see. Is anything inter- left interesting? I think that was kind of the most interesting when Warner yeah. von Braun arrived, because um, he was the main person as far as rocketry, the research and development mm. that caught that made us get to uh, space first. Um, space oh, here we go. Man. Here's something interesting that we were just talking about. Uh, between 1945 and 1952, the United States uh, United States Air Force sponsored the large largest number of op- of paperclip scientists importing 260 men whom 36 returned to Germany and one Walter Schreiber re-immigrated to Argentina. So even one mm-hmm. of the people that we brought over to the United States ended up going to Argentina probably to you know be with the people he knew. We need to have that as a topic one time. What happened in the Argentina? Yeah, what went That's down the there? Yeah, maybe we'll see that movie yeah. and kind of do a whole thing there. Um Yeah. I guess here are scientific accomplishments. Wonder von Braun was chief architect of the Saturn V launch vehicle and the key instrument in getting a man on the moon. Uh, Adolf Bussmann mm-hmm. was a mind-bending swept wing. Uh, sure. Which improved aircraft performance in high speed. Oh, he created the swept wing. So he created a wing ah. for an aircraft for a bomber. To keep a bomber in the air when it's so heavy, I think is the idea. And yeah, then we get into includes... controversies right here. What? Is there any controversy about this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Several of the paperclip scientists were later, later investigated because of their links to the Nazi party during the war. Only one paperclip scientist was formally tried for any crime. No paperclip scientist was found guilty of any pr- crime in America or Germany. 
that's interesting. Even mm-hmm. though these were former leaders of the Nazi party, uh, that's kind of, I guess they get a pass because they came over and got us to the moon. Is that kind of, I guess what, what that means? Yeah. Uh, I, go ahead. Oh, it's so strange. It's so strange. This uh, thing, Operation Paperclip. I, 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 I find it strange at all that uh, they would be willing to, to, to take over people that are so morally appealed to their like way of life just to win the space race. I don't get it. Well, we were also in the Cold War, so we were not only worried oh. about the space race. We were worried about building. A bomb, like rockets and for nuclear missiles and things like that to try to... I think that's what it was more about, is trying to counteract uh, the Soviet Union, trying to beat the Soviet Union uh, more than it was worrying about that these were Nazis. They were more worried about beating the Soviet Union than worrying about having Nazis uh, in their in their government, I guess, is really what it is. These are They were government agents. Right. Yeah, no, it's 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 really strange. Oh, here, actually, on... I just found. Mm-hmm. Remember, we said uh, the guy who went to Argentina, mm. Walter Schreiber, in 1951, weeks after his U.S. arrival. Walter Schreiber was linked by Boston Globe to human experiments conducted by Carl Bloom at Ravensburg, uh, and he immigrated to Argentina. So that's why he went to Argentina yeah. because he was going to be. Uh, probably be put in jail and maybe killed for human experimentation. And then we have this huge list of, like, uh, key recruits, all the aeronautic people. There's tons of people on here. Architecture, electronics, and guidance systems. We got about 10 people there. Material science, medicine, physics. All these people were brought over to the U.S. uh, to help work on rockets. Yeah, it's interesting. Definitely. Uh, but uh, we found another uh, little page, uh, and it, it is uh, www.operationpaperclipinoneword.info. Uh, right. Uh, there's actually a CIA-sponsored um, book about this, but I, w- I would not recommend that because I'm guessing it doesn't tell the truth. It's probably stretching a few of the facts if you're reading the cia um Labeled book, but why this, do you think that this uh, <laughs> this whole thing, uh, this website is kind of interesting. I don't know where do you want to start. I kind of want to go to White Sands Missile Range down there because I think that's the thing that's kind of connecting everything. Uh, yes, uh, White Sands Missile Range WSMR. It says here today, oh, 70 miles uh, to the south of U.S. Air Force Defense Center in Fort Bliss, Texas. WSMR formed a continuous swath of territory devoted to the art. Uh, Fort Bliss had an outdoor museum display of rocket-propelled missiles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says the valley between... Oh, the area of the range is approximately the same as that of the state of Connecticut or Rhode Island put together. Holy crap. Uh, the story yep. of the last annexation of the territory was ba- by the base was the background for Edward Abbey's novel Fire on the Mountain. Okay. Never heard of that. 
Uh, I've never heard it either, uh, but it makes sense as far as, like, fire on the mountain. Uh, you know, th- this was a missile... They, they, What they're saying is there's uh, the fire that's on this mountain, this mountain, this mountain range, Sacramento Mountains of New Mexico, and then the fire would be the missiles they're seeing. Uh, there was also a song by... Jeez, I want to say it was the Grateful Dead called Fire on the Mountain. I wonder if it's about the same thing. Hmm. And then that connects us back to... Laurel Canyon, in a way. Wow, okay. We're going back yeah. in circles. Yeah. Ooh. But yeah, no, it's... it's uh, uh, On one occasion, the S... Uh, the STS, the, the woo that we talked about, the NSA NASA shuttle made a landing at the uh, North Rock Strip, 40 miles due north of the headquarters. Uh... When both Kennedy's Space Center in Florida and Edwards Airspace uh, in California was unable to uh, accommodate the landing due to weather. In the movie Space Camp, a horrible, horrible movie, by the way, the shuttle is suspected as landing here after missing a chance to land at Edwards. So it actually landed there as well. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm reading as well. It says the majority of scientists numbering 500 were deployed at the White Sands Proving Ground, New Mexico, uh, Fort Bliss, Texas, and Huntsville, Alabama, to work on guided missiles and ballistic systems technology. Uh, This in turn led to the foundation... Oh, uh, led to the foundation of NASA and the Mm -hmm. U.S. ICBM program, Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles. So yeah, NASA, I've even said this in the past, NASA was created by Nazis, everybody. So, uh, what do you think about this? I mean, I knew a lot about this before. I, I think now that I'm, we've done research on a bunch of other things and I, I see the connections between those things, it's a lot more interesting than like mm. initially. But it's still just crazy to think that like we, our government just without any kind of approval by any kind of government agencies or the secret government agency just said, Hey, we're going to bring these Nazis over here because we want to bring, beat the Soviets. It's crazy to think about. Right. No, I totally agree. I think that, uh, especially like, like I said, uh, taking someone that is so unmoral, uh, and so against the way you're living, I, I'm sure there was a lot of juice there in in the scientist department as well. Like how how could they like Get deal along? with how, how right. yeah having all those Nazis around them? It's like it's I'm sure it's pretty like I yeah. They did kind of cover it in disturbed. Strange Angel if you remember when they were at like kind yeah. of the party scene. Where it's him and yes. he, he sneak the the two guys sneak into the party and they see Warner von right. Braun and the the one tall guy with the glasses is pointing out yeah but he's a Nazi and the other guys yeah but I want to be on his team and the other guys why do you want to be on his team he's a Nazi that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like at least they were portraying it in that that even in, at that time uh, people knew that these people were Nazis especially in the uh, scientific community. You know what I mean? It's not like it was a secret to those people. They all knew, uh, they were just willing to accept it because they were afraid of the Russians, I guess. Right. 
I guess it just shows you what that kind of fear can do. And it, that goes back to kind of the weird fear that is being projected on us about Russia nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are they going to be able to do nowadays using the fear that people have of Russia? Uh, and those are the kind of things I worry about when I see those kind of Russia stories that are just meant there to scare you, like, you know, the video game or the, the, the Hillary video game or things like that. It's like, this is just here to scare us into... I don't know, recruiting Nazis eventually, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what's sad about it. I totally agree. All right, let's do crazy, crazy level. Uh, oh, how crazy is it? That's a good question. It's not really crazy. I I, I will rate it maybe a four. Oh, wow. That was exactly what I was going to say. Okay, so we agree. Yeah. We're going with a four. Yeah. I, I don't think it's that crazy because it's it's not... Other than that they recruited people that are kind of... Uh, were wrong. Not kind of. What was wrong in their... Uh, in their doings, there's nothing really super crazy about it. You know what that. I think is the craziest thing in my mind is that when you think of the moon landing, at least in America, you think of like patriotic, like uh, everybody in America was watching the moon landing happening and thinking, oh, how great is America for to be the first one to do this? And it was this right. huge American patriotic thing when in actuality the people that put us there were German Nazis. That's weird to think yeah. about. Yeah, so I, I agree. Oh, but as far as crazy, because there's so much evidence that's been proven true, I'm going to go four. So, Luke, have you seen a movie this week? Well, let me see. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, came out on Netflix. Very interesting film that came out on net Netflix called The Other Side of the Wind. Okay. Uh, it's got a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Guess who directed this, bro? You'll never guess, so I'll just tell you. <laughs> no clue. Orson Welles wrote and directed ah. this brand new film that just came out, <laughs> who okay. has been dead for, what, almost 30 for years, maybe? 30 years or something, yeah. Right, but there was all this, I guess what happened was he had been filming this film when he died... There was all this leftover footage and notes and uh, everything about how he wanted it to be put together. Uh, and they took all the footage and edited it together and made it a movie. Uh, it The footage was shot in like the uh, early 80s, I, I'm assuming. But it's, um, it's, about, it's about a director who returns to Hollywood to d do like a movie. And it's about kind of the screening party, and it's actually kind of about um, how crooked Hollywood is, which is very interesting to see in this day and age, especially of the Me Too movement, and they cover some of that stuff in this, which was a movie that was made in, I want to say, a shot in the 80s. So, yeah, very interesting. I'd recommend it, Fro, at least just to check it out, because, you know, Orson Welles, if nothing else, but I, yeah. it's... It is confusing as all hell, but uh, I got you get to the end and there is a point, but it's very abstract. It's a very abstract film. So I enjoyed it though, so oh. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a a six. Nothing crazy good actually, um, but it was it was still fun. Cool. I did uh, watch. Uh, I don't know what I should say about this movie. 
I watched Outlaw King. It's with Chris Pine, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Florence Pugh. It is kind of a drama about uh, this guy called Robert Bruce that wants to be the leader of Scotland. And it is a shitty Netflix movie. Uh, I wonder if they produce this themselves because there's a curse over Netflix movies. There's not really been a good produced uh, Netflix movie uh, since Ouya Ouya was uh, pretty good. Right. Yeah. But that that's like other than that, I I I can't remember seeing a good Netflix movie. Um, I'm that trying was... to remember. I'm sure there was something, but, uh... Oh, you never saw The Driver, did you? That was a pretty good one. Oh, no, okay. I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, this is the director of Hell and High Water, and I loved Hell and High Water. Uh, it's, it was one of my favorite movies last year, I think, or the year after that, uh, before that, sorry. But this, I would rate uh, three and a half out of ten. Okay, cool. That's yeah. Sounds really bad. Yeah, not my cup of tea. <laughs> I I I thought it would be a, a cool kind of brave heart uh, movie to watch, but. Uh, it really wasn't. It sounds like Braveheart from the description you did, but yeah. Right. Nothing's going to be Braveheart. Well, let's uh, see the new J.J. Abrams movie, Overlord! Overlord. Official trailer. Okay, this is going to be a war movie, I guess, because I'm seeing a lot of planes and boats. It's a sci-fi movie, isn't it? That's what I read. Now I'm here. I'm seeing a lot of army people here, Fro. Ooh. You're in the army now? Uh. Yeah! Explosions! Okay, fell in the ocean? Is that what just happened? Yeah. Welcome to France. What happened here? Some questions don't have good answers. <laughs> what a weird way to say that. Yeah. Welcome to France. I've never heard welcome to France said that way. <laughs> there's a lot of soldiers out there. There's only four of us. Find out what's inside that compound. Oh, okay. Here we're getting the sci-fi part, clearly. Okay. We started out very war time I hate this song by the way <laughs> this, the music does not fit the trailer at all does it <laughs> no. what is this oh I like that guy what's his name uh, fuck fuck I can't remember his name yeah right. he's good whoa is this Doom the movie? Oops, I paused it. Uh, we'll get into it, but thinking of a different PC game from the 90s. 
Because it is, yes. But Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is, yes. But they didn't name it that for some reason. I was like, this really reminds me of Doom or Wolfenstein. Yeah. Except Wolfenstein was Nazis, and this is clearly Nazis. So. Right. Wow, that that music just really did not do that. Like they dubbed the music over after the trailer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they made the trailer, it had one song, and then they put a different song because it was like copyrighted or something. So what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? On the eve of D-Day, American paratroopers drop behind enemy lines to pe penetrate the walls of a fortified church and destroy a radio transmitter. As their soldiers approach their target, they soon begin to realize that there's more going on in the Nazi-occupied village than a simple military operation. 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, pretty good. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, even better. 58% on Metacritic, not that great, but who cares about Metacritic. And 92% linked, uh, liked uh, by Google users. 92% is pretty good. Yeah, three out of five from Empire, it says on my Google. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. Empire gave it three out of five. It's a good movie. Oh, Wyatt Russell is the name of the guy that we both saw and said we really liked yes. him. That, yes. Yeah, there you go. That's what, what is his name? And uh, Yuvan uh, Adepu is in it as well. I, I, I like him. He's also good. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, I I did not uh, really have a, any audience score thing this time. I I I kind of looked somewhere else. Okay. Uh, because I was I was watching, uh, I was reading this uh, funny review on uh, Robert Ebert uh, dot com. Uh, uh, it's uh, he, he's pretty uh, funny, and he gives it uh, two and a half star. And he he said, "Let's face it, Overlord wasn't uh, made with me, a jaded thirty-year-old horror fan in mind. That's just fine. Today's bloodthirsty you will uh, eventually fall in love with this unbashed nothing." Your knock your teeth out splash splasher movie. That is why it's not overstuffed, underdeveloped homage to the Lord Easy Comic series like Tophist uh, Tales or and Tales from the Crypt. The formalactic nature of the film story is fun, 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 fun. So. Okay, um, let's see. I, I went to the Facebook, as always. Uh, here's a short one. Eric Larson says, So they took Wolfenstein and made a movie. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. uh, Donald Portroffs Jr. says, uh, Not historically accurate. Another J.J. Abrams fuck-up. I got a lot of these. Not historically accurate. Here's another one. Uh, good. Matt Johnson says, Good movie. I feel like it could have been a lot better. Mix good action and suspense. Uh... Good humor, too. Uh, very good CGI at the beginning. Uh, intense, full of stress, which was great. Also, the sound was phenomenal. I would rate it an 8 out of 10. 
Oh, that's not the one I was looking for. Here we go. John Clayton says, so I know it's a zombie movie, but if you're going to do a time period movie, at least have people in it that would have actually been there. You spend so much time on the detail of uniforms and weapons, making them concur with the times. Why don't you just make a movie about World War II uh, fighting the Japanese and have a Russian play the lead? So they're complaining that there's a black guy in, as the lead character who isn't in the army because that would have not that would have not been uh, true to the time period. But guess what? It's a fucking zombie movie. So there's a lot of things that are not <laughs> that are not correct for the time period, including zombies, because there weren't any of those in World War Two in World War One. People are stupid sometimes. I know. Here's another one. Uh, Heman Rosen says, Saw terrible, bad decision-making, anarchistic integrated army as if racism racism never existed. Tropes instead of characters, boring and obvious. The only saving grace is that my that I'm an AMC A-list, so I don't so it didn't cost me anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So I complained then. Asshole. Right, exactly. What a stupid jerk. I think that's so funny, though. It reminds me of... There was that whole controversy with that video game recently and how, like, the lady was in it and she only she had one arm and it's like, it's a fucking video game. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be historically accurate. There's zombies in it. So you're just being dumb. Yeah, stupid people are stupid, as I always said. <clears throat> what else is coming out this week, you maybe ask me? Well... Dr. Seuss, the Grinch. Hey, this with Jim Carrey. Yeah, didn't they uh, already make this movie? Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Grinch and his loyal uh, dog, Max, live in solitary existence inside the cave on Mount Crumpet. His main source of aggregation come during Christmas when his neighbor in Who will celebrate the holiday with a bang. When the Who's decide to make their Christmas bigger and brighter, the disgruntled Grinch realize there's no way to gain peace and quiet. With help from Max, the Green uh, Grump hatches a scheme to pose as Santa Claus, steal Christmas, and silent the Who Will's holiday share once and for all. This is animated, it looks like, and it's with Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch. Uh, it also has uh, Rashida Jones in it, Pharrell Williams, Angela uh, Lansbury, and Kenan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by two people, Scott Mosier and y- Yarrow Cheney. Yarrow? Yeah, and it got... Yes. Okay. So, something like that. Sure. Uh, it uh, got a six... Point three out of ten on IMDb, fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and fifteen percent Metacritic, and eighty nine of Google users like this movie. Okay, let me see. Uh, oh crap, that sent me to the wrong link. Let's try this. <laughs> what the heck? Mm. Are you seeing it on on your page? Yeah. I'm not seeing it, so why don't you go into the girl with the dragon tattoo? For some reason, it's not bringing up the stats for me on Google. Okay. Uh, it's just said uh, it's got 
Uh, oh, that's you the wrong I mean? fucking movie. Yeah. It's not the wrong movie. It's just uh, not bringing up like the thing that we usually read off of. This is weird. Okay, if you take away, just search for the girl in the spider web. It comes okay. up. Okay, let's try that. Ah! Ah! Okay, uh, maybe that the long name is like uh, in other countries. You know what I right. mean? That's probably yeah. what it is. All right. We're not, I'm not taking any of that out. All right, the girl in the spider's web. Um, <laughs> fired from a national security agency, Franz Balder recruits hacker Lisbeth Salander, Salander to steal fire, yeah, uh, steal firewall, a computer program that can access codes for nuclear weapons worldwide. The download suit draws attention from an NSA agent who traces the activity to Stockholm. 6 out of 10 on IMDb. 40, 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, 44% on Metacritic. 79% of Google users like this movie. Let's see. Directed by Fede Alvarez? Fede sure. Alvarez? Fede Alvarez? Something like that. Uh, starring Claire Foy? I've never heard of any of these people. Alejandra Pekic? I don't know. Yeah. None of these people. I've never heard of any of these people. Nope. And uh, it's supposed to be pretty awful. I mean, the the reviews aren't that bad, I guess. I mean, as far as it could be worse. It's only around like 50-60%. That's all right. It's like average. It's not, not terrible. It's not great. So, I don't know. I mean, the first one was uh, good. The first movie was really good. That came out I, so long ago, too. It had to come out yeah. in, like, the early 2000s. So this is a sequel from a while ago. But I, it's so strange that they've changed her. And that's, like, that's what I read uh, about this, that she's a really bad, uh, 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 like, version of this uh, girl. So she's a bad actor, the woman that oh, plays... Okay. Uh, Elizabeth Salander. Salander, right. Yeah. I always want to say Salamander Slander. when I see it. I always want to call it. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. I have nothing funny to talk about at the end. I'm just tired. And this has been another Digital Citizen episode 161. Do you have anything you want to promote? Well, I... Is this 161? Yeah, 160. Yeah. This is 163. Oh. Is it? Yes, we're at 163. I said 61 in the beginning as well. Uh, oops, my bad. I totally labeled it. Do you know why I said 161 in the beginning as well? Because I didn't change the thing at the top of the run sheet? <laughs> yeah. I changed the date. But I didn't change the episode number. Oops. Whatever. It'll be on the... Everybody will know because they read the description, and nobody will even remember unless they get to the end here, and they're listening to us, and they go, oh, he did say the wrong number. <laughs> I If... if I maybe said uh, episode 161 last week as well, then. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there's one thing. Next week, uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving. So we might do a Tuesday show next week, Fro, if you're available. I don't know. We'll talk about it off air. But what's coming up next week? Uh, yeah, you have anything you want to promote, I asked you. Oh, uh, just go to the Title Match Network and check out westcoastwrestlingconnection.com if you want to. If you like the wrestling. If you enjoy the wrestling and you hate the WWE, go to the Title Match Network because they don't have any of that. They have done other wrestling. They have other. Yes, uh, we will talk off news of the week. I'm going to guess we will talk a little about uh, Brexit maybe next week. Uh, Manifest Episode 8, another digital review of what I thought was Windows. And I was, was thinking to myself, oh... Is there another, like, biopic thing? Uh, oh, they did... Uh, is it a, a biopic by, uh, about Bill Gates? And I was like, oh, it's it doesn't say Windows. It said win- Windows. I know. And, like, I kept... I, when I was writing it down on the run sheet, occasionally I would write Windows on accident and then look at it and go, that's not right. <laughs> oh... But uh, yeah, we will also talk about orbs and rods, the uh, strange, heavenly little phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah, I guess a uh, cryptozoological kind of thing. I mean, it's two different yeah. things, but I figure we could put them together because they're both kind of the same thing, and, and in my opinion, as ridiculous as each other. But we'll see. Once I do research, sometimes I figure out things are less ridiculous than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are more or less the same things, uh, but uh, uh, there's there's some things like that, and right. I'm going I'm going to guess that we're going to talk about Skyfish because uh, I've never heard of it, but we can definitely throw it in here for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's it is a type of flying rod. Oh, it's a it's a type of rod. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 The Skyfish. Yeah, that's uh, in episode 161 next week. Because everyone is going to be named 161 from now on. I guess so. Yeah, it makes sense. Might as well do it that way. <laughs> okay. From America and Norway, this has been another digital citizen. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye, citizen.